And welcome back to the Marvel Comics Podcast, the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast, where uh, we had some problems again this week with our recording, and me and Jason will only be talking about Daredevil. We actually recorded uh, bits for Moon Knight and Punisher, but I am having problems editing those, so I'm going to put the Daredevil deal, which still took a massive effort to get out, but I figured that's the big book. We'll throw that out there if I can make the Moon Knight and Punisher reviews work. I will put them out as well. I'll let you know that I thought that each of those were decent enough. I thought getting started with the Moon Knight deal, starting a new arc, it was good enough. It just was starting slowly. Punisher, a lot of yakety yak, a lot of mystical stuff. I want a little more Punisher stuff. Jason liked those a little more than me, but still didn't love them. The big book of the week, obviously, is Daredevil. Me and him both really liked it, and it was our book of the week. So it's good that that actually ended up working out pretty well. But with all of that, before we get into it, please go over to the Twitters and follow us at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you back. 100% follow back policy. And then also go to our website. I'm trying to think of all the things now. Go to our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. And check out the reviews there All by Gabe at the moment Gabe doing a bunch of cool reviews And then go to our Patreon Patreon.com slash weird science Where you can help us out for everything here on the feed And get early access to stuff Get exclusive podcasts One of the big things that we talk about each and every week Is our Thursday night spotlight It's the Patreon only spotlight Two books from that week's books Picked by the upper levels of the patreon they are the badasses of the get fresh crew Uh -uh. and they ended up picking spider punk three and also i believe fantastic four number 45 so you get spider punk number three just an awful awful book just terrible cody ziggler should not be writing comics and then also fantastic four number 45 dan slot shoving everything at you in this finale of the reckoning war he has one more issue left Seems like he was told and surprised that he was going to be off the book. Oh, crap. I better finish this Reckoning War with a lot of exposition, a lot of off-panel stuff. Nonsense. But you can hear us talk about that in an episode that was close to an hour over there at the Patreon. Again, patreon.com slash weird science. So with all of that, I do apologize for the short podcast, but we at least got to talk about Daredevil, which we're going to go to right now. And I'm here with my man, Jason. What up, Jason? Hello, Jim. Not too much. Doing pretty well here. How are things over there in uh, the beautiful state of Pennsylvania? In Pennsylvania, it's great. It's a little hot. It's actually hot and muggy, but that's it's the any, summer. Uh, so. Any punks passing through there? No, your, we your didn't have. Town, I, I looked out. I thought I saw Cody Ziegler go by. He's <laughs> a punk, all right. But no, uh, we don't have the daredevil drummer of Philadelphia <laughs> anywhere around here. I don't hear paradiddles. Oh, if you want to learn about about the Daredevil drum Philadelphia, you got to go over on the Patreon, folks, because that's where we talked all about that. 
And the Fantastic Four, two kind of, you know, crummy books. With that, though, that leads us with some, you know, a little bit more of bangers in the regular podcast here. I had no middle ground books this week. I had the crappy books, and I had the actually at least pretty good books. Yeah, pretty good. I'm going to start with this one. It's the big one. It's Daredevil, number one, and all that stuff with Chip Zdarsky. You know, going off the sub stack, then all of a sudden he's on Batman and people were worried, you know, the way that Daredevil mm-hmm. was announced. So it's ending. We'll have Devil's Reign. But then he ended up saying that he'll be coming back with the next part of this that was set up in his run with, you know, Elektra and him going yeah, off. They're giving and taking a new on number the one because it's Marvel. That's what they do. Uh, it's I guess this is technically Daredevil volume seven, number one. Uh, and they, the the words they use to talk about it is like, we're getting to the last leg of our story. So is that 12 issues? Is it more than that? It's almost like like over on the, the manga side, a lot of these these big titles are talking about getting into towards the end of their stories. Your, your One Piece, your My Hero Academia. Everyone keeps arguing about, well, what does that mean? Does that mean what's done in a, a two months, is done in two years? And same thing. Yeah, with this, we don't know. We'll have to see how long the story is and whatnot. Hopefully it sells because people, I don't know, are quite aware of the idea that the actual Daredevil run, Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil, never was a big seller. It wasn't selling great and at points was really low. And it shocked me because I loved it. I thought it was really good. As we got towards the end and the Devil's Reign, it started selling better. Because yeah, the Electra thing things. hit and that was yeah, a and big, the uh, stuff. big shock. Yeah, and that might even be why it's continuing even more. Maybe it would have been like, yeah, you know, we'll just move on from here. We'll see what's going on. But that electric stuff did hit and even have mini and all that stuff in the devil's reign. But here we are with Daredevil number one, written by Chip Starsky, art by Marco Cicchetto, colors by Matthew Wilson, and letters by VCs Clayton Kells all the way down at the bottom. There is no real, you know, setup here. There's no recap. It's number one. I think people should know, unlike Reggie at that one point when he did a review and didn't realize that Daredevil was blind, he thought he was deaf. And I'm like, (laughs) Reggie, come on now. And he actually said, because Reggie at that point had read tons of comics, never had read a Daredevil. He said Daredevil was not a character that he liked. He never liked it. So he wanted to jump on in that first review. And this is way Uh back, all new, all different kind of deal that era. And he's like, oh, my God, you know that? And people ripped him apart. He was so sad. And oh, he no. didn't know. And I'm like, it's okay. Oh, he actually wrote up the review like that? Oh, yeah, the review was oh, no. like, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden, Matt's <laughs> blind. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> it was pretty funny. I'm no, like, oh, my good. goodness gracious. But as you know, Reggie's such a nice guy, but he he really took it at really uh, – he was upset. He was really upset. But we start out this where – you get a weird deal, and, and really, one of these things that you hear a lot when you talk about comics and people review them about maybe reading things a couple times, oh, this yeah. is one of those, because you end up starting out in such a cold open that's a weird play. After the first time I read through this book, I didn't like it. Like, I was too confusing, and it really took the second time through where I really go through and, you know, I take my notes and I look things up, and I now I know how things fit together. It re- There's still a lot of mysteries in the book. But they're the the good kind of mysteries, not the I think they screwed up kind of mysteries. Yeah, because at the beginning we have a, a guy there. You're assuming it's Matt, but this whole narration is a little off. And I, mm-hmm. it's a number one, so who knows? But you end up yeah, having we're not this guy. The faces we either shown like just close ups of a hand or a silhouette. He's wearing this kind of big trench coat, and we get these golden narration boxes, and it's talking about 
he kind of hears things and he's trying to help the world. And what we see is he drops a marble, little red marble, and it kind of, we see it bouncing down the road. It's really like those, uh, Rube Goldberg machine. It is a Rube Goldberg deal. That's what it and is. He drops it. It bounces down the street. A guy carrying newspaper trips. The newspaper flies up in the air and yada, yada. A kid is saved from being smushed by a van. Although a guy and a biker is having a bad day, but he gets the kind of bad day he can walk away from. The but. weird play of this is as he's going and you're going to, it's mimicking what happened to Matt. At first, I thought maybe this was a retelling in a weird way or whatnot, mm-hmm. but. I do like that this kid now will get to live on as the emo punk that he is with that black eyeliner that it looks like he has all around his eyes. <laughs> he looks like he's like a slightly goth guy. weird. It's a little uh, little John Romita Jr. look to <laughs> like, him. Yeah. It made me giggle. But I'll tell you the progression of newspaper in air. But I kind of lost the progression a bit in this. But you get the idea. I mean, when you end up having this kid who's about to get hit and. This car then gets hit mm-hmm. by the side. Like, I, I'm like, would that stop this? I know he's putting on the brakes, but he sees the kid. Whatever. But this kid and what happens is we find yeah, out kid's, later. The kid's too short and it's a big SUV kind of car. So he doesn't see the kid. It's just a hood. weird play the way. But it does work out. But it also shows you that this is a little bit like you think that this is mad or whatever the case may be at first. It's a little too much. Like, he can't tell the future. He can't end up like right. all of a sudden with that. And so something's a little different there. And I do like the narration there where whoever this is, we find out it's Goldie. It, it will find, you know, I'll, I'll spoil it now. Goldie. But yeah. the way that this is, I do like it where he says, I did this, you know, save the kid. This kid could end up going off to cure cancer or he could invade Poland. Like he doesn't know past that, but he knows, you know, right. I should save this kid. I should do this. And it's such a weird play by the end of this issue of like, what the hell's going on with Goldie? Like, this is really like. Right, but there's at at first we're thinking that like Matt Murdock has these amazing senses. He can kind of foresee what's happening, but like in a rational way. But no, no, this guy gets like visions of the future and knows how to prevent things. Yeah, and prevents things, but also can't prevent other things or doesn't care to prevent them because that's not his thing. It's very odd the way that you go, and it's kind of uh, intriguing. Normally, and the first time through. I just shook my head. I mean, when we get the reveal, I'm like, really? Like, this is so over the top and nonsense. And then when you go back and read it again, you're like, okay. <laughs> like, the, the it's actually there, okay. Yeah. I see, you know, the intrigue. And I'm telling you, the thing again, that got and, me and was the, the golden narration box. Like, okay, Goldie, he's golden. I, okay. Not that he ends up like, I saved this kid because he's going to go and do this. He said, this kid may end up being the worst thing. He could be Hitler or he could be, you know, the savior of all humanity i don't know but it can go off and i like that 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 makes it a little better than just this you know walking angel that's going around and doing things and so then we go to matt and i thought that the play here was weird as well because we don't know how far along this Mm -hmm. is or whatnot that's the first no we get a nine panel grid in no place right just him in the shadows black background and someone's talking to him we don't see who he's talking to it seems to be kind of in the future because he's he's got this big old beard that's on. That's what I'm saying. And you, it's weird because that's the first thing you see of him, but it's this beard. So then once you go forward, you're like, okay, this is in the future. I thought that the weird play was maybe see him first and then see this, but it does play out well. But again, it's better the second time. And mm-hmm. this narration is just, you know, giving a little MO of what he does and what he doesn't like about, you know, him and Electra trying to do 
this new thing out of Hell's it's, Kitchen. It's very intense. You can tell that he's being questioned. He doesn't like being questioned, but he's giving the answers. Talking about these other people who are had the violence of their past, and now he's letting righteous violence in their lives to save the world. And the question is, well, what has it cost all these people? What has it cost you? And two of these nine panels, well, seven of them are, are Matt talking to the unseen person. One of them is Electra, just kind of posing with bloody size. And the other one is Frank Castle, Punisher, in his new look with a sword and with that kind of demon horns on his skull chest thing. Part of the hand, all that stuff with that. And right. then- we knew there was some kind of a crossover coming up because they're going after the hand and he's kind of running the hand. So things are in a collision course. And again, we'll see how it goes with the books or whatnot, if it's just in the individual. But I don't know how they're playing it. But yeah, it looks like we'll have a big story going and there would be that whole deal, even though it looks like you know, when we get to the end of this podcast and talk about Punisher, he's kind of on the run, it seems, at the end from the hand. So we'll have to see there how that... There was a change in the status quo there, yes. Yeah, so we'll have to see how that is. And he says, like, the idea that Elektra and him are trying to help people without violence, which is different from what they usually do, or at least Elektra does. And that even plays out in the backup of this as well. But I like this idea of him, then they say, what, what did you do? How did you end up, what did you leave behind in New York? And we end up finding out the things that he did again that's why through the second time with it and as we talk about this going through goldie becomes more of a nefarious deal than what you kind of might think at the first time through when you go and yeah, see we, that he we don't puts, know what his deal is it's we don't know who he's working for who he's working with does he have a side he's on he's very mysterious. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely trying to get whatever Matt was going to do with Electra. He wants to make sure that that's happening because at points you do see him change some things that keeps him like going forward, that it's not going to make him, you know, stay in New York or have any connections. And that's why I think you get that. What did you leave behind in New York Daredevil? And he just kind of stares at this, whoever's questioning him. But then you go back to. The, I guess the current time that's in the future, but you go to the current deal where I, I thought this was kind of funny. It threw me off at first. Again, there's a lot of misdirect. Oh, Matt yeah. goes to, t- to talk. It's just confu- I had to basically draw a flow chart. Like who's doing what here? Matt's so- yeah. So Matt's getting ready to leave, leave town, right? He's going to go off with the left do his thing. But he's got to clean up some business first. And he wants to show everybody because if people get word Daredevil has left town, they think, oh, we're free to go. You know, Hell's Kitchen is free territory. Open and season, right. So he's going around with Spider-Man here. I would assume that maybe at points he might get some other guys. But Spider-Man's the big deal of yeah, hey, everybody. He's, like he's showing showing Spider-Man, you know, you know, keep an eye on this alley, go over here. The good the good uh you know, bagel sandwiches are from there. You know, the stuff you gotta know. Also going to these bad guys and knocking heads saying, Hey, listen. I'm telling Spider-Man everything I know about you guys, so he's going to pick up what I end up doing. If I'm leaving, he's going to take up the slack, and, and you can't be bad. But he goes here as Mike, and I guess he just wants to know what really happened to Kingpin, to see if Butch really knows what happened and whatnot, because he's like, hey, listen, it was Matt that died. It wasn't me. That whole twist and turn, it's me, Mike, you know. And he's like, oh, my God, thank God. You know, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. Right, because Butchie was the one person who knew that it was really Mike who died. So that was like a, a dangling when Everybody else thinks Matt Murdock is dead. I mean, the whole world thinks Matt Murdock is dead, except for Butchie. So 
Matt goes back and says, hey, actually, it was Matt who died. I'm Mike. But then he does this weird thing where he tells Butchie, you better not be too violent. I, we know that you're a kingpin now. Don't be too violent. And then he com- goes full daredevil on him. Yeah, I he think- pulls out the batons. He pulls out the mask. I think this was all just a, a dupe to try to see what Butch knew about Kingpin. And then he goes off, and again, Matt's supposed to be dead. And Spider-Man goes, man, it's really this weird cool you're scene. pretending yeah. to be, you know, a dead guy. And he's like, <laughs> well, actually, I mean, what does Spider-Man think? I mean, he's a spitting image, all that, whatever. He's like, no, no, I am Matt. He decides to give him a secret identity mm-hmm. and says the Purple Children ended up making it so that nobody knew it. So when he tells... Yeah, and the deal is that, that once he actually tells someone who he is, all those memories come flooding back. And what gets me is that Spidey is standing right at the edge of a really tall drop-off. And he just gets totally confused. He's lucky Spidey didn't nah, just he, like, fall falls off. off. It's, it's funny, too, because a lot of times this happens, you end up having that ramifications of, well, if I know this, then that opens up that, and it opens up this. But I, I just think that this is just a nice thing. So that Matt can say, listen, you know, you're one of my best buds here. Thanks mm-hmm. a lot. I, I want him to say, remember at the beginning of, you know, Chip Stars, he's running, you're a real jerk to me. <laughs> it was me, jerk. Uh, but Spidey's but like, oh, my God, they have a hug. And, yeah, it's nice. And it, it ends up making Spidey, it. Spidey feels bad. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you my identity, but you, you know how it is. And, and, yeah. and he realizes yeah, then, like, sure, oh, my God, that was your brother who died. I, I'm really sorry. He's like, yeah, I'm. Trying to work through that whatnot, but I'm leaving. Let's go knock some heads in. Let's go fight some of our, you know, some of my rogues gallery very quickly so yeah. they know See, that Hammerhead gets beat up again. We've seen he's had a rough couple of months. Hammerhead, look at him. He got beat up in uh, Jessica Jones. He looks so much like Frankenstein there, more than he usually does. The way that they're coming down on me, he's got Tommy totally gun. A, a Dick Tracy looking villain. They end up, you know, knocking them around so that they know, but then you go off and you see this mysterious figure again. With the golden narration, and he's there, and he's getting a coffee, and the first time through, you're kind of like, what the heck is the scene, the deal? But he's causing the guy behind him to be delayed and irritated. Yes. So he asks all these questions. There's a huge line here at this coffee shop. What's the difference between a flat white and a latte? Hmm. I don't know. But we again, it took a couple reads through. You realize he needs this guy to be delayed because... Somebody's gonna get shot today. Yeah, somebody's getting shot. And, and there's this other guy. This guy. It's so weird the idea of this guy. He's, he's kind of a jerk. So I think we're supposed guess, to think that, well, I if think somebody's gonna get shot. It's weird because I think that he's just you know he's revving him up. I don't know that yeah, he's. This also shows us that that Goldie isn't just completely altruistic, making the world a better place. Right. This thing could be seen as it's certainly making a better place for for this guy with the purple tie. Because he delays the guy just enough so that he bumps into Cranky's shooter guy. He has a guy who has a gun. He's going to go shoot his boss. But instead, he bumps into this jerk. And this jerk calls him a name, calls him a loser. So this guy pulls out a gun and, and shoots him shoots him dead. And that's the weird play. When that happens, it's almost like, you know, almost like reality shifts a bit. Because this guy even is like, oh, no, no, no. When Daredevil shows up, he hears the bang. And he's like. Please, you know, oh my, like almost like he's like, I wasn't supposed to do that. I was going to, and he mm-hmm. th- seems off. Now, with that, you see Kirsten who's going to get. Yes. So, what we see is the whole point of this wasn't, oh, I got to make sure this guy gets shot or I want to save this guy's boss. The point of it is to delay Matt. Yeah. Matt was going off to That's seek- why he does it because Matt's going to get Kirsten at the train station to say goodbye. And for some reason, hmm, 
Goldie doesn't want that to happen. So the way he delays Matt is by making the shooting happen within, you know, Daredevil earshot. So he has to come and check it out and, you know, catch the guy. Matt says, I know that she knows that it was Matt. We ended up kissing and I can tell, I could tell she might know that Daredevil actually is her ex and I got to go find her. Maybe we can rekindle this. And that's the thing. Goldie seems to want to set up that nothing delays or keeps Matt in New York. All guys are cut. We have to go off. And that's how it seems to be the deal. Now in the play, he says that when he's there, he leaves quick. He says, okay, I hear the paramedics coming, but this guy's dead. This guy dies. He says, oh, my God, it was so random as he's dying. And as he goes off, he says, I hear, you know, the paramedics on their way or whatnot. Now, again, we don't see Kirsten fully getting on the train. We do see her go up to the state. I, I, you can maybe play a deal where she doesn't get on, but it does look like she fully ends up on that train as Matt goes. I thought what the play was going to be is the paramedics and everything going would delay her taxi ride and she'll miss that trip, but it doesn't seem to be the case. No, she's fine. She's not delayed at all. He's delayed. Well, again, I'm saying we don't really know that because you don't really see her get on the train. I don't know how it plays out. She may just turn around and not get on it. It's a weird play to not see her board the train, but she's... But it's also really cool that Goldie did this delaying tactic at the train station, not at the train, at the coffee shop, he's not at all around when the shooting happens. At least we don't see him. So, he, again, it's this distant, you know, action that has her, you know, dominoes falling and way down at the end is what he wants to happen. And then he goes and waits for Daredevil at the platform of the train as the train is just going, he misses it by a second. It's going out. And that's where he's like, oh, my God, Goldie. It's Robert Goldman Goldie. Hey, and he says to everybody, that's the guy who prosecuted me. That's why he went to jail. And again, that makes it, this is very similar in my mind. Tom King did it in a roundabout backwards way of saying, oh my Uh God, Bane was always behind everything. You sit here and think, oh my God, because he did, he's the one who put, you know, Matt in jail, which then ended up making Electra Daredevil, which then made her Mm -hmm. better as that deal to get Matt to go and become part of that fist deal that was the deal that they had even before and that. Then, and the Electra miniseries during Devil's Reign, he was taken hostage by Craven the Hunter, so he was part of that whole situation. So he's been setting up a lot of things that looks like... And he is a new character Chip Zdarsky created, so it's not like he's an old legacy character dredged up. The first time he showed up was like an issue 2022 of the Daredevil Yeah, and run. they're just like, oh, we went to school with him. We never saw him before. And you may be playing that idea that Okay, he inserted himself in there. That's why you didn't see him before. There's some mystical stuff going on with him. So we'll see what the deal is, even, you know, like biblical kind of. Yep. So at the back of the train station, he reveals himself to Daredevil saying that he knows that's Matt. So Daredevil is stunned. Like, how how the hell do you know? First, shocked just to see a guy he knows. And then the guy he knows just happens to say, by the way, I know your secret identity. And then Goldie starts... Well, he starts glowing gold. Yeah, yeah. He's glowing and says, I'm your guardian he, angel. And that's right, crazy. Now his, his word bubbles go from regular black and white to this kind of golden color. And he says, I've waited for years to tell you this since the Columbia days. So it's not like he has some brand new power. This is a long-term thing. He says, I'm your guardian angel, Matt, but I'm not hers. And then we see as he's still glowing and Daredevil's like, what the F? It sure looks like the train that just left the station. Blows yep, up. That's what it looks There's a like. big explosion on the tracks. Presumably, that's the train. Presumably, Kirsten was on it. And so, with that, he says, I can see him. It's more than just the, the standard deal. And 
Yeah, he ends up like, oh, my God. And as he's talking to whoever he was talking about, then we go back to that future deal. You know, they, hey, what did you leave behind in New York? Nothing. No, there's no distractions, you know, with that because she died. That was the one thing that it seemed to be setting up, though. You end up seeing her in a crowd. And that's where I'm saying, like, is that just him thinking back at her? Did she kind of double back? I don't know. But you end up where he's talking. And the big play then is that Goldie's with him. Wherever he's going to, whatever he's doing now, he ends up with him and he hates him. But right. he's scared of the un- The unseen voice says, hey, there's there's somebody, one of your soldiers, you seem kind of uncomfortable around. And uh, and why is he here? And then Matt says, he's here because I had no choice. He's here because in the world, Robert Goldman is the only thing that scares me. He's the, the man without fear. He's only scared of friggin' Goldie, which is weird. This weird. I mean, the guy was kind of floating and, and glowing, and and seems to be. Right. Sim- well, I mean, plus he was this completely, utterly normal, you know, just plain old lawyer in New York kind of character, and now he's this big, mysterious one person. He says, "I'm the leader of the Fist." So this this takes place while the Fist is a new thing again, and Matt's in charge of it. I'm the man without fear, but I fear nothing. Except Goldie. Yeah, it says God then. So, I mean, that's the, the big deal of him being that spiritual deal and whatnot and fate and what. It, it's an odd play, but it, it's pretty interesting to see what would go on and what all that means. But I just think that Goldie's there and has set everything in motion. Like we might even see all the different little plays of, well, you were going to do that, but I ended up being there to make you do that and, and whatnot. I'm sure he's going to be thinking back at a bunch of things. So that's pretty cool. But then we have a backup because, again, Electra's part of this. So you end up having the backup where she goes to see Stick talking about the fist, what her and Matter. Yep. Different artist here, still written by Chip Zdarsky, but this artist is Raphael De La Tour. So a little different look, which is, again, fine because we're seeing a different perspective, different location, different characters. And they're on an island that's, you know, in dispute of who owns it and it's going back yeah, and this is a real island. Yeah, I looked it up. It's a tiny island, it's like twenty square miles, so even smaller than Rhode Island, uninhabited. And it's one of those islands that they keep bickering over, but it doesn't like they really care about it. There's nothing there. They just want their territory to be big enough. Yeah. And so they end up there and, you know, talking about, well Matt'll be here. Let's go see Stick. How are we gonna set this it up? It's crazy. She jumps out of an airplane, no parachute, no nothing. Just kind of lands on the snow with a superhero pose, which uh, you know, give her a parachute. And see, I, that's a little bit too crazy, even for Electra, just jumping out of an airplane. When she jumps off, she ends up attaching still to the because she's swinging at one point, like swinging around. We and, don't know what that's attached to, right? I don't know if that's just the air blowing her her whip back. She is being drugged along by the plane. I mean, is it? I mean, we see we see that line go out of the panel, so I don't know what it attaches to. It's supposed to be, you know, badass deal, but it's kind of ridiculous. But the big play is stick. Yeah, a notch too yeah, far. Stick realizes, oh my god, Matt got to you. You're actually, you know, you, you're actually a nicer person. And seems to think that that ends up upping the ante for her, even though you would think that she would have thought or him would have thought that that would make her less. But he says, you have passion now. You end up like Matt, you know, the way that's doing this. And he feels the, the mask and feels the horns even when he says that and what's going to go on. They get attacked by Russians that they dispatch pretty quickly, but she doesn't kill them. And Stick's like, oh, no, you, you, you're rusty here. You didn't finish the job. Boom, and kills him. She's like, oh, no. I'm like, you're not supposed to do that. And he's like, what do, you, what do you mean? 
these are Russians. Which is a, a kind of fun reversal because usually she's the one yeah. who wants to and kill it's like, and these are somebody Russians. else who says no They're going to end up causing tra- – you can't just leave them, ah, well, I don't do it like that. And he's like, okay, on guard. And they start fighting. And, you know, the big fight and she's able to disarm him, ends up this fight going. And I actually thought she was going to kill him. I thought that this was going to be almost like this full rite of passage. and She was going to grab stick and throw him off a cliff. But instead, she says, get the hell up, old man. Next time I'm going to throw you off. But this is how we're going to do this. And I'm not Mm -hmm. daredevil. I'm Electra, you know, and if you disobey me again, and she's really playing that idea. I'm above you now. Like, stop your nonsense. Mm-hmm. I've and we do get the reminder that as part of this prophecy, one of the two, Electra or Daredevil, has yeah, to die. Yeah, one of them's going to die. So that was the big play. And it was so weird because you had that thrown in way back in the Daredevil book. And it seemed like that was like, oh, he must have forgotten about this. Oh, that stinks. And then all of a sudden you had this stuff starting to go into Here place where Electra did at first. The idea of becoming Daredevil was a dupe to end up making Matt trust her to do this and still you may find but you think you know she kind of took to it she actually realized matt's mission and all that and then ended up liking that so with that too the idea where kirsten maybe the idea is not just well you know what you got to get the distractions away from new york but that could have been a love interest and maybe you end up goldie's like no 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 you have to be around electra you two have to rekindle stuff and all that we can't have that side deal either so it's a weird play. And also, is that then that when he says, I'm not Kirsten's guardian angel, did he put into play that blowing up? Like, how did that work out? Or is that just what he knew would happen? So he had to delay. It's a very odd deal uh, with that to figure out. But it's intriguing. It is, yeah. his, his motivations are completely okay. Yeah, yeah. So we have to see. And I, again, that first scene where he saves that kid was a pretty cool deal to show that he's able to do mm-hmm. that. The more important things and happen he says later. He usually he talks about this voice. He usually just gets told by this voice what to do. He doesn't get told why. He says lately he's getting a little more of the why of you know what's going to happen eight steps down the road. So something is changing with the way he yeah, sees the world. We'll bill. see how this is, and he's you know tagging along. So we'll see how that plays out. It would be weird when Electra like what is her reaction of. Okay, I, you know, we're starting this organization here. We want to take down the hand. Uh, why, why do we have our buddy lawyer here? Like, he's not exactly a ninja or anything. Like, what's the deal? And even with that, like, the, that voice saying, like, what's with that soldier of yours that you seem to hate? You don't like it. Ah, I'm afraid of that guy. Yeah, and it's crazy because he has such this, this huge, you know, fate kind of cosmic power, but yet he's going to be part of this yeah, new that's organization. What felt weird. So how do you, how do you fit? A power that big into like a, a structure yeah, we'll like that. See, and I, I like what so many what's questions. The, the fun, like Electra's like, what is he doing? Oh well, we needed a, a lawyer on retainer. You know, we're going to cause a lot. We need somebody to get us out of jail. Like, what's the explanation? Like how will will everybody else know Goldie's true deal? I mean, is he revealed now? Because he seemed to reveal himself right there on the the subway or the train platform in front of everybody. Yeah, I mean, at that point, what are those people? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean. I don't want to think that, of course, there's going to be security cameras there. But The big play, maybe, is people are more concerned at that point about an exploding train, maybe. I don't know, but we'd have to see if that's revealed as, oh, my God, the lawyer Goldman is a glowing prophecy guy with fate and a guardian angel. I, I doubt they're going to end up having anything with that. And this guy's just hanging. Obviously, when you're being whoever's questioning him has to be some sort of authority or something. They don't know who the hell he is. They're like, what's this guy that you're mean to? 
you know, why do you treat him like that? Oh, you know, I'm afraid of that guy. Uh, but by the end, I am intrigued by it. I think that it's- I'm intrigued too. And the unfortunate thing is, next issue is Legacy Number Six Fifty, which is going to be oversized with a bunch of writers. And I don't know if this story is going to continue. Yeah, that would be next weird. Month. Maybe you'll have like one we part might- of it, but. What would you give this one? Like I said, first time through, I was just too confused and like it too much. But it's one of those books you really got to go through it at least a second time and no words ending up and you start to see the pieces were really put together well. And all the mysteries are in there, but they're mysteries that feel intentional and not just like the writer didn't think of it. And you know, a part of this too is we've read a lot of Chip Zdarsky, Daredevil. We have some trust with him that he's going he's gonna to be right by us. He's not just going to you know, set things up and not not have them make sense. So I'm very much on board. The Marco Cicchetto art especially is always top notch. And boy, I I really hope that next issue we get to find out some more because I wish this was like, you know, Amazing Spider-Man. We get every two, three weeks we get an install you know that. And but we gotta wait maybe two months, but I don't want to wait. I want to know now because I give this book a nine out yeah, of ten. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine as well. I thought it was a really good start. I'm intrigued. You get good characterization that he's been giving us and some intrigue. It's not just, okay, Electra, me and you go off and start the fist. We're going to take down the hand. All right, let's go. You have all this other stuff involved that seems very intriguing and to figure out what that all means. I, I'm, I'm kind of sad that he goes, yeah, I told Foggy goodbye. I wanted to see them. You know, hey, Foggy, you know, I'll be back in a while, whatever. But he says, ah, I told him goodbye and whatnot. So on the spotlight, we, we complained about, you know, Dan Slott maybe having to rush things through before he gets kicked off of Fantastic Four. It, it sure looks like Chip Zdarsky's going to get enough time to uh, to finish the story he wanted yep, to tell. So it's so. crazy, him writing it. Looks good. And I'll give you know a little bit of credit, I guess, to DC because they do not like the idea of their Batman writer being on any other book, let alone a book at Marvel and a one that starts out this good. It's it's kind of them. Yeah, I don't know what kind of deal he negotiated. But, yeah, I think uh, they're desperate. Once Tynan left and ditched them, I'm like, they got to change their game. So it kind of shows that. But also in the reverse deal, Marvel kind of going, okay, we'll we'll work with you because of that one point. He's like, sub stack them out. And they must have again. He must have gotten some deals worked out. Maybe he has his own guardian angel, Goldie. Yeah, he's a he's a busy guy. He's got Batman going, Daredevil, plus what, like two of his own. And is still even doing like Batman the Night. I mean, he's doing a lot of stuff. He's doing a lot. And everybody, I saw people, oh man, Dan Slott's off a of Fantastic Four. I hope they give it to Chip Zdarsky. I'm like, this guy can't work that much. <laughs> I mean, seriously, but it'd be cool. Chip Zdarsky did do a great two-in-one. I was I was hoping he would get Fantastic Four way back then. Yeah, And uh, the other one would like, oh, Al Ewing. And that, that just is like, that's kind of an Al Ewing deal, the cosmic stuff. But he's on a lot of stuff as well.